Welcome to Jeremiah Smith Ministries, a place where you can grow in God's Word. Well, welcome to taking care of yourself spiritually. Well, it's important to take care of yourself spiritually and physically in every area that you need to be taking care of yourself. Praise the Lord. God is good, and He's good all the time. Amen. You know, I like what uh, Rob, uh, what was it? Uh, or Roberts used to say all the time, he'd say, God is good, you know, and God is good. And I believe he wants to do some wonderful things in your life today. Do you believe that? I believe it. Praise the Lord. He wants to do some wonderful things in you. You know, I don't believe you came here by accident. I believe that the Lord drew you here by his precious Holy Spirit. And I believe that he wants to speak to you today. Would it, would it be too much for him to speak to you today, give you some direction, some wisdom, some guidance by his spirit today? Well, you know, that's what we all need is God's guidance and direction by his spirit on a daily basis, his manna from heaven. I tell you, there's nothing like a rhema word when he speaks something into your spirit and gets you all in the direction that you need to be going. You know, he's a good father and he cares about you right there where you're at. You know, maybe today, you know, you just need a little love, you know, or maybe a little bit of joy. He's a good father. You know, if you're alone and you're all by yourself today, he's a good father, praise the Lord. And he'll come right there where you're at and encourage you. It doesn't matter what you've been through and all the challenges that you face, you know, God will come and encourage you right there where you're at. He's a good father. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, you can catch us live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Time, and you can catch us uh, live on Sundays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and uh, we're about to start a new series on Wednesday. Praise the Lord. I've been gone on Wednesday a few times there because we we're kind of getting a little bit more direction about what we want to do on a Wednesdays there, but we are, we're going to have some wonderful messages coming up on Wednesday. Praise the Lord. And Sundays, you can catch us at 4 p.m. Central Time. If you're here, you know that that we're live at uh, on Sundays at 4 p.m. Central Time. And we're always glad to have you, you know, to tune in at Podbeam there. And you can check us out if you'd like to listen to the live podcast on Podbeam. Of course, we uh, upload our videos uh, right after we get done here onto YouTube. Uh, we find that we've found that the videos that are uploaded are much more better quality. And they, we used to do live videos, but now we're just uploading the videos. So you can get to watch it about 9 o'clock is what I'm finding is about the time it takes to process it. And it should be up there for about 9 o'clock for you to watch the video if you like to watch the videos and and like to stream them off your phone or stream them on your television, you can do that if you'd like to. But uh, in Africa, people, India, uh, we've got people off the islands and different areas, and we've got people all, just literally from all the way from California across to New York, uh, all the way across there. We've had to listen. It's amazing, you know, how many people that the, this podcast goes out to. So if you're in one you're somewhere around the world. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And I believe you're not here, like I said, by accident. I believe God has something he's trying to say to you. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he also wants us to grow spiritually, you know. And we can only grow spiritually the way we need to grow by the precious Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. He's our help. And he's our standby, and he wants to help you to grow spiritually today, and I believe he's going to help you do that. We've been talking about the armor of God, and we've been talking about facing a killer, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more here today. We're going to be talking about another piece of armor. I believe it'll encourage you today, praise the Lord. So if you'd like to, you can catch us live at those times. If you can't catch us live, there's nothing to be stressed or worried about. You know, I kid with you. Uh, you can listen to the rebroadcast if you'd like to there on Spotify, Google Music, iTunes, Listen Notes, Podbeam, TuneIn off Alexia, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Deezer, Pandora, Amazon Music, Verbal, iVox, Audio Junkie, Podchaser, Player FM, Samsung, and of course on uh, Boomplay. And uh, if you'd like to, you can check those out on those apps if you'd rather have one of those uh, to listen to the uh, podcast on. You so, you know, you don't have to get another app. We have, we're on most of the main apps there, so you can just kind of, you know, don't have to take up more storage space on your phone. <laughs> your phone there if I can spit it out <clears throat> excuse me and so if you'd like to give there's no pressure to give but you can give uh, you can go to jeremiahsmithministries.podbeam.com uh, there and hit the giving tab and of course the Bible says in Luke 638 if given it shall be given to you good measure pressed down running over Praise the Lord and God. That's how God does things, you know. Sow some seeds so that he can make sure you have the things that you need to have in your life. we we got to sow seed, you know. Give God something to work with, you know. That's throughout our Bible where how someone would give something to God to work with and God would change their circumstances, you know. Maybe today you're in a circumstance you need to give God something to work with 
so he can help you come out of your circumstance. He's faithful to do that in every area of your life. Well, grab your Bible, get your tablet, get your phone. We're going to get into our series today, and uh, we're going to be talking about Facing the Killer Part 6 today. I don't know what you've been doing today. I hope that you've had a good day. And I believe that you're going to have an even better day as we get into the Word today. You know, the Word is exciting. It'll quicken you right there where you're at. It'll make your spirit come to life. Praise the Lord. The glorious Word of God will encourage you right there if you let it do that today. You know, I can't personally encourage you, but the Holy Spirit has a way of doing that. You know, He'll come right where you're at and encourage you, you know, give you some things right there in your circumstances. Your circumstances could be bleak. They could be challenging. You know, we all face challenges. We've all been through things. People in the Bible have been through all kinds of things and challenges that they face, you know. But God can bring things into your circumstance that can make your circumstance better if you'll let him do that, praise the Lord. He'll, he'll make things change. You know, I like to say he can work it out more than a million ways. And, you know, he can do that for you right there where you're at if you let him do that. Don't limit God. You know, God can do it any way he wants to. You know, he can move with planets and stars and solar systems, and he can move in your circumstances. Don't limit him. He's a big God, and he knows how to work in your circumstances. You just do what he's telling you to do, and he, he knows how to do his part. We don't need to do his part. He knows how to fix the circumstances for you. Praise the Lord. So we're going to get into the word. Let's pray first before we do that. Grab somebody's hand, lay hands on somebody's head next to you. And uh, if you don't have anybody, just lift your hands up in the air. Praise the Lord. And we'll just go to prayer today. Father, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your mercy. You're always good and you're always merciful. We just thank you, Father, for that today. And Father, thank you, Father, for taking care of our families, taking care of us. Thank you, Father, for making sure that we have the things that we need. People listening today, Father, you're even working behind the scenes to make sure that they have what they need today. Father, we ask that if there's somebody who has a need, Father, a physical need, help them to have that need met today in Jesus' name, a spiritual need. We ask that you help that need to be met today. Father, we ask that no one leaves. When we get through with this message, no one leaves without getting something from you to, from heaven today, Father. And Father, we just thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. And we just ask that your precious Holy Spirit move and have his way today. We thank you, Father, for being so good to us in every way, Father. Some people don't even realize how good you've been to them, Father. We'll help them to see today how good you've been to them today. And we just thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. And we ask that you shed light on this word as we get into it. Flood us with light. Help us to see some things we've never seen before. Help us to be encouraged today and help everybody leave Father on cloud nine because of you today, Father. And we just thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. You've been so good to us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Father. Well, let's get into the word. We've been looking at how to face the killer. <laughs> Isn't that good? You know, we need to have some smarts about us, don't we? You know, we need to be more intelligent about our enemy. And it's important to know your enemy, you know. I mean, if you were going to go in any kind of sport, you would want to know your enemy, wouldn't you? You know, or who you're facing off with. You need to know what you're facing, you know. Some people send spies in, you know, to look at their who they're going to go up against the next week in some kind of tournament or something in sports, you know. They want to know what they're facing, you know. Even at Olympics, you know, who are your challengers and what are you going to go against, you know? you know? You need to know what you're facing off against, you know. If you want to win and have victory in every area, you need to know a little bit about who you're facing. Well, First Timothy 6.12, we're going to look at our opening scriptures here. It says, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed the good profession before many witnesses. You know, this is an interesting verse because a lot of people, you know, they've fallen away from their faith. You know, it's really sad today. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen it over just the last few years. People lost in their faith. You know, that doesn't have to be. You don't have to be somebody that's on the wayside and they can come back. But, you know, it's important that you don't let the enemy get you in a position where you've lost your faith. You know, we have to keep strong in the Lord we got to make sure that we're fully persuaded and we have to feed our faith, you know, on a daily basis. You know, I believe that's why you're here today. God's feeding your faith, you know, making sure that you have some manna from heaven today, you know, to feed your faith, you know. And that's interesting, you know, we, you may have to go somewhere, you know, let's say the Lord called you to go to a certain church, you know, and after a while you, you didn't like something that somebody said or the pastor said, you know. 
But, you know, it doesn't mean if God called you to be there, it's important that you're there, right? It doesn't matter where it is or what place, but if God sets you there, it's important that you show up, you know, and you're willing to listen and let God feed your spirit, praise the Lord, you know. It's amazing to me how people get offended today or they get upset today or get aggravated about something today. But it's important that we overcome that so that we can grow spiritually, you know. It's interesting, my son, you know, if he, you know, I've had kids and when they're young, when they you get offended at something real, when you're young, because you're growing, you know, and they don't take correction real well when they're young, you know, but as they get older, they can take the correction a little better and, you know, but Christians, it's important too, spiritually, as we grow, we don't get offended. I remember specifically uh, this lady that I went to church, or actually I was working with at a Christian call center, and I remember her telling me the story that she didn't go to church anymore. She was working in the nursery, as I remember the story, and as she was going and she was faithful, being there, you know, and somebody in the, in the nursery offended her so she didn't go back to church, you know. And it's powerful to think about, you know, how we have to be people to overcome because people aren't perfect. I'm, I, you know, I don't know if somebody told you that or not, but people aren't perfect, and they're all growing spiritually. We're all growing spiritually, and so you're not going to do Someone's not going to be perfect every time, but Jesus is the standard, and that's why we come to church. We're going to have people growing all around us. We can't be offended. And we had to be a person that is a, that's growing and maturing and not offended, getting offended, but moving on and being what God's called us to be. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, he says here, fight the good fight, lay hold of eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and have professed the good profession of, before many witnesses. So like I said, lots of people falling by the side. And they're looking at the wrong things. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And we're all trying to come up to his level, you know. And I, I don't know about you, but I haven't arrived yet. But we're all trying to come up to his level, you know. And it takes time to mature. It, it takes time to grow. But it's important that we're all coming up to his level. We're not looking at the standard of someone else over here. We're looking at Jesus as a standard. Did you know even if you got around... Uh, a minister that you love very much, you know, he's not going to be perfect. He's growing. We're all growing, you know, and you have to be a person that's willing to grow and see beyond that and walk in love and be a loving person anyway. Ephesians six eleven says it like this, you know, and we were talking about that because it is a fight, you know, it's a fight of faith. And that's one of the areas a lot of people have to fight in, you know, as they get offended with things. But, you know, we have to overcome with that. You know, we have to fight this good fight. It's a good fight. And it's a good fight. You know, I remember uh, you know, I used to work with my dad in a uh, sub shop. You know, I'll never forget. You know, we worked, man, there's one of them. I worked like 83 hours a week. I worked a lot of hours there at the sub shop. Um, but I, at one point, I was working in his sub shop. And my dad, he he's a loving, wonderful person, you know. He's in heaven now. But it wasn't easy always to work with him, you know. And the Lord started dealing me be quick to forgive and quick to repent, just like David. You know, those are some characteristics David had, you know. And I, I had to be that way. I had to be quick to forgive and quick to repent because he might pop off and say something. He's a Christian person, and he, he had a good standard about him, you know. But every once in a while, I would get upset, you know, because we're family, you know. And family, when you work together, you can upset each other. And so, you know, we're around each other many hours, you know. And it's like it's important that you learn to forgive and to repent, you know, even with family, especially if you're around them for many hours, you know, it's important that you're making sure that you're quick to forgive and quick to repent. You, you know, who's it hurt if you're offended? Who's it hurt if you're upset? Well, you know, it doesn't hurt that other person, but it hurts you if you're not quick to forgive and quick to repent. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So this is a good fight. Right, and we're supposed to be willing to get up and fight again. Let's go ahead and go to Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and eleventh verses. Is put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. How are we going to stand against him? Well, we got to have the full armor. Uh, you're not going to stand very well on your own. You need God's armor so that you can fight the good fight of faith, and it is important. You know, and, and it's not just like that drawing you may see when you walk down the hallway at church, you know, in a little cartoon character of armor. No, this is a real battle, and it's important that you're putting on the armor of God on a daily basis, you know. I even seen uh, online, I was watching a video of one of my favorite ministers, but they had this, it wasn't a real-looking uh, set up, you know, it was a great message, but it's, it's it, but it wasn't really something, it almost made it look like, hey, this wasn't as serious as it should be. 
this is a real war. People are getting hurt. You know, this is a real fight. People are getting knocked out of their faith, you know, and people are on the sideline. And we don't want to lift up the devil and make him bigger than he is, but it's important that you're thinking about this is a real battle, you know, getting up daily thinking that, hey, I need to be ready to fight today. I need to be ready before I start my day for the day. It's it's much easier to fight if you put on the whole armor of God on a daily basis, you know, but many people don't. But then they wonder why they have challenges that they face on a daily basis. We got to be ready, ready to go, you know. And so it's important that you're preparing on a daily basis, praise the Lord. You know, if you were going to go play football today, you know, you'd want to put on the pads, You'd want to put on the helmet. You Here in America, we have football. And you'd want to put on the protective gear when you get out there because they are running at you. You know, you could get a concussion. You could get very hurt, you know, but there's people. God bless them. They, they go out there and they don't prepare and they wonder why they have hurt and pain. They don't have peace. They don't have joy. They wonder why, oh, that hurt, you know, and why, why that stung so much. Well, did they prepare for the day? You know, God doesn't want you to hurt. God doesn't want you to lose faith. God doesn't want you on the sidelines. He wants you to be prepared every day and living in a life of joy and a life of peace and having victory in your life. He's already won the victory, but we have to win our battles on a daily basis with his help. And it's important that we are preparing for the day, praise the Lord. So let's go to the 12th verse. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, this is really important, you know, because it's the world we live in. People are mad at each other all the time. They're upset with somebody about something else all the time but as christians we're supposed to love everybody right think the best of everybody and we're supposed to be loving now that doesn't mean that you know you don't have to protect yourself and things that are that you normal people would do but we're supposed to be people that love people and we're supposed to be people that don't get offended with people you know like we just were talking about and so it's important that you know that the fight is not the person right whatever's got you upset that someone said or someone did you know it's not with the person the enemy would love to use that person to defend you or that person to get you sidelined but it's not the person it's a spiritual war that we're fighting today you know and it, you would be you'd be surprised how the enemy uses people mainly that's how he uses people is to get them to get you sidelined and get you off track from your destiny and your purpose and what God's called you to do. It's important that we're uh, people that can, you know, fight the fight of fight and fight the good fight of faith and be ready on a daily basis, praise the Lord. But it's not a, a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle that we're fighting. And we need to make sure that we're focused on the right things. I'm going to get that out the way I need to get it out there. We're focused not on natural things, but on spiritual things, the way we need to focus on them, praise the Lord. So let's look here real quick in the 13th verses. For take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and have it on the breastplate of righteousness. We've talked about that. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We talked about that. Above all, taking the shield of faith. We talked about that which with you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Then the seventh verse, it says here, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now we haven't talked about them yet. 18th verse is praying always with all prayer and supplication, of the spirit watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Powerful to think about. Those are all good things. I mean, they're all exciting to talk about, too. You know, they're all wonderful things. And we're going to get more into these things as we go on here. But notice, though, I wanted to break that verse down again there in the 11th verse. And I, I, I can't go over this enough because it seems like people that I've talked to personally, they get upset with other people, you know. And it, people seem to be focused on the wrong things. It's important to focus on the enemy can use other people. And you need to be doing the spiritual fight that you need to be fighting, you know, with in the spirit, but not against the people. Let's look here the sixth verse and eleventh verses. Put on the whole armor of God for his precepts are 
are like the splendor armor of a heavily armed soldier so that ye may be able to successfully stand against all the schemes and strategies and deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the forces of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly, in heavenly supernatural places. Notice how the Amplified brings it out there, you know. Schemes, strategies. Yeah, that would that would be like, you know, if you're if for some reason you and your your spouse get off into an argument that you don't need to be getting off into, you know, and that's a scheme of the enemy. That's when that's when you're talking to your children and some you offend your kids and it gets off into an area and now people are getting really offended and it goes on for weeks. You know, I've talked to some people that have actually been in, uh, offended with each other for a week. You know, I'm like, how do you do that? Me and my wife, we try to get that settled before the night, before we go to bed, not let the sun go down in our wrath, you know. You know, because it's more important to us to walk in love. We want to serve the master, and we want to walk in love. And whatever we got to do to make this right, we're going to try to make it right, you know. And not everybody's like that, but that's the way me and my wife are. And that should be your goal, you know. Who can forgive the fastest? <laughs> Who can get it right the quickest, you know? Because the longer you're out of love, the more you're holding up blessings. The more that you're out of love, the more you're having challenges, you know. And it's, some things get out of control because some people's wills are involved. But if you, you, you want to make sure that you're in love and making sure that you're not the one holding up the blessings, you know. And so it's important that you realize that the battle is, like I said, a spiritual battle. And it's important that you make sure that you're doing what God's telling you to do. And that means forgiving. You know, Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, it talks about there, Mark eleven twenty four. 24, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. Then the scripture literally right after that, talking about prayer, and right after that it says, forgive if you have all against any. <laughs> He's saying, well, that, that's going to affect your prayer life if you can't be a person that forgives. You know, it's going to affect your blessings. It's going to hold up things for you in the future. And so you have to be a person that can forgive and move forward. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 6, 17 says it like this. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we're going to be talking about the first part there, the helmet of salvation. What is that? The helmet of salvation. You know, there's people with hard hats that work on the poles up on the lines. You know, something falls on them. It takes their head, you know. It protects them what they're doing. Uh, you know, people working on a home or something may have hard hats so that, you know, bricks don't fall on them. Something from the ceiling doesn't cave in on them. You know, working on big buildings, you know, they may have a hard hat, something to protect their brain, you know, to keep their their functionality. It's, I mean, if your brain isn't working or something's affected your brain, you're not going to function at uh, in any way right. Why do you think the enemy goes so hard after people's thoughts and their their thinking and their mind? You know, and how is it, how important is it is it for us to make sure that we're taking care of our heads? You know, you know, there's people that you know they have to make sure that they keep the mind of Christ. You know. Make sure that you're not getting off focused on some weird stuff. You need to make sure that you're, you're keeping your mind of Christ, right? Keeping, keeping our thoughts the way they need to be thinking. Keeping in line with the word of what we're thinking. And that means if it doesn't agree with the word and it's somebody's philosophy, yeah, that means you need to go to the word. The word always is higher than what somebody says, even if I say it today. You need to put the word higher than your circumstances. No matter what I say or what someone else says, the word should be the the, the highest uh, the highest way of life for you. Should be what we're all coming up to is the word in our lives. You know, don't let anything be exalted above the word. Make sure that we're focused on God's word. Well, the vine's concordance. If you look up this word, particularly here, uh, salvation, it's very kind of interesting because it focuses on Savior, you know, keeping our, our focus on our Savior with our, uh, with our head and our mind and our thoughts. But it also has a good, uh, another word there that comes along with it about hope, you know. And it's interesting because there's about three or four words there that have to do with salvation. And this particular one here has to do with your Savior, and with hope, you can look it up at the Vines Concordance there, or the Strongs. But you can find out that it has to do, and all of it comes together, is about the hope in our Savior. 
And it's important that we have hope, you know. Christians should be the most hopeful people in the world. Amen. Every time you get up, you should have some hope. You should be the most hopeful person around you. You say, well, Jeremiah, you don't know my circumstances. Yeah, but you're supposed to be the most hopeful person in the world. You're born again. You're not who you were. You remember when you went and got saved, you know, you died to who you were. Now you're a Christian. And Christians are hopeful people, praise the Lord. You've got the resurrection, the resurrected power, and he's, he brings hope to your spirit today, you know. Maybe you're in a box in your thoughts and your circumstances, you know, because we all get in these boxes if we're not careful, you know, with our thoughts. We think, well, this is the only way out of this, and this is the only way out of that, and I don't know how this is going to work out, you know. You can't box God, amen. God knows how to bring you out of every circumstance. He knows how to make it work. Maybe today you don't think it can work, but he knows how to make it work for your circumstances if you let him show you how to do that today. There's hope in Christ is what I'm trying to tell you. There is hope in that situation, whatever you're going through, and what you're challenged with today. There is hope in that circumstance. Just let him spark a little bit of hope into your situation because he wants to do that today. He's hope. He'll ignite your heart. He'll ignite your spirit and bring hope back to you today. Praise the Lord. Do you believe that? I believe it. I believe he wants to bring hope into your life. Our Savior Jesus is hope. Praise the Lord. Well, there's there. when you look it up in the, uh, if you're studying, you're looking up about this helmet. It's kind of an interesting helmet because some were made of brass and some were made of leather. It seemed to be predominantly that uh, at this time period, a lot of them were made of leather, you know, kind of an interesting thought there when it comes to what kind of uh, armor they were putting on at the time. So it was more of a leather helmet. I don't know about you. I'd rather have the brass helmet, <laughs> but they had a leather helmet to protect their head, you know, and this, and it would protect you from uh, having to do with swords and it would protect you. Like we were talking about with the face shield, it would protect you from arrows, flaming arrows at your head. You know, they had to have some headgear on to protect their head, you know. So those same kind of arrows where he went throw unbelief at you or throw things at your mind, you know, or he may just do an all attack slaughter, onslaught after you, you know, with a sword. You know, your enemy there in the, in the battle that you might be fighting there in the Roman times. And then you need to protect your head, you know, make sure you're protecting your thoughts, as a Christian today, I believe that's why Paul was telling us about this. And he has many scriptures on about our thought life. Oh, there's lots of things about our thought life that we need to watch and make sure that we're taking guard over, you know. But this particular area of hope is a, is a major area. You say, well, why is that a major area? Well, you know, you think about if you're in a battle and you see people falling alongside of you, like we've talked about, that can get to you, <laughs> Right. And you don't want to go AWOL. You've got to have hope. And you got to know that you're going to have a good outcome in the battle that you're facing today. Did you know you have a good outcome in every battle that you're facing today? You know, you're, the Bible says we always triumph through Christ Jesus. Did he say we lose? No. He says we always triumph through Christ Jesus. And we do win the battle, praise the Lord, you know. You know, there's a lot of Christians today, they talk about, well, he may heal you, he may not, you know. <laughs> That's not true. God, he's, he, remember when Jesus walked up to the crowds, he healed them all, didn't he? Right? It has a lot to do with if you're going to be in position and if you want to get healing today, you know, you're supposed to have victory in every area of your life, you know, and it all has to do with you believing what Jesus paid for with his blood, you know, so that you can have the victory that you need to have. But hope is so important to us today, you know. If you're looking at a circumstance and it just doesn't look like you're winning and you're losing hope, you need to remember that you have hope. Even if you were the last one standing today, just because you're a Christian, you have hope. Remember David fighting the giant there? We talked about this a week or two ago. Yeah, he was smaller the circumstance was way bigger, but he had hope. Why? Because of he knew who he was. He knew his covenant with God. He, and, and he told the giant, he says, I'm going to take your head off today, you know. And it has to do with how you see things. You know, a lot of people see things different. You remember uh, the children of Israel there, you know, when they were in the Egypt, when they were out there in the uh, uh, walking in the 
after they came free from Egypt there, you know, walking in the wilderness, you know, and they went to spy out the land. Do you remember that? Then they, some came back with a good report and some came back with a negative report. Some came back with a hopeful report and some came back with a report that wasn't hopeful, you know. And if you listen to some people's reports today, did I just say that? Did you hear what I just said? If you listen to some people's reports today, then you're not a very hopeful person. You know, if you're watching the news, for instance, and you're watching it over and over, you say, well, man, I don't see how tomorrow's going to be any good, you know, or the next day's going to be any good. But if you're listening to God's report, there's good things in store for you as a believer today. You know, if you're walking with God, there's good things in store for you today. Whose report are you going to believe, you know? Are you going to be like them where they, they believe that there were giants in the land, you know, the ones with a negative report? And they said, well, I just, man, this is too big. I don't think that we can get into the land, you know. This is too much, you know. Or are you going to be a person, you know, like Joshua and Caleb there, you know, they show up and say, well, we can take the land. It has to do with how you see things and how much hope you have in your heart. You know, these guys, they were focused on what God had brought them through and how they brought them. He brought them out of Egypt, you know, and he, they, they saw God's miracles in the wilderness and providing food. And man, he, he took care of them there in the wilderness, you know, the miracles and food just coming out of heaven. Think about that today. You know, but it has to do with what you're looking at, you know. If you're, they were looking more at the giants, and they weren't looking at what God can do in their situation, you know. Maybe you need to look back a little bit and think about how many, how many tough times God's brought you through. And then maybe when you look at what you're looking at today, you'll say, well, man, he's going to bring me through this with no problem. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I mean, I can tell you times that were unbelievable, you know, God's brought me and my wife through just unbelievable things. I and mean, it looked like this could be the one to bring us down, you know. You know, I remember a minister saying one time, I'm a, I remember when I was just, I had a half a nostril above water. <laughs> and I, I totally related to what he said. I understood what he was saying, you know. You ever been there where you had, a, you felt like you were just half a nostril above water, you know, and I, I've been through that many, many times. But, you know, God can bring you through, and you have to be a person that has hope. We've also seen lots of good times, and it has to do with how you look at your circumstances today. And they were looking at these giants. They said, man, we're outnumbered. There's no way we can get through this. There's no way we can take that land. Why would we even try? Have you ever gotten to that place where you're like, why would I even try? <laughs> You know, I, I get up in the morning, you know, I know what I'm facing. Why would I even try? But that, that tells you that you're looking so much at the natural and you're not looking at your hope and your savior that you have on a daily basis, right? He, he's hope and he'll bring you through the circumstances. Joshua and Caleb said, we could take this land, right? And you can take whatever circumstance it is in Christ. If you're focusing on the hope of your savior, Jesus, Keep your mind right, right? You don't, you don't go to a war thinking, hey, I'm going to lose. Did you hear what I'm saying? You go to a war looking at it saying, I'm going to win. And I'm going to win with Christ's help. You know, his power, his presence, his word. I'm going to come through with him, praise the Lord. But keeping that hope, you have to feed your faith in the area of hope, building hope. Building that picture of hope on the inside of you, you know, seeing some things that people don't normally see, keeping hope alive in you. And this is where it is, it's at for Christians. We have to do this on a daily basis, you know. Remember Joshua, you know, we're going to look at that here in just a moment. But remember, he came to Joshua and he told him, he said, meditate day and night in the word, you know. Get in the word and make, get it until it's alive in you, you know. And sometimes it takes a little bit, you know. Sometimes you need to meditate for a while, but get it alive in you. You know, and getting hope back into you. Maybe today you don't feel like you have hope. You know, maybe you're just, you've been fighting for a long time. You just don't have, you feel like I don't have, you're just drained of hope today, you know. Well, you know, God can fill you back up with hope. He can fill you back up with his word. You know, it only takes one word and God can change your circumstances. It only takes a little bit of him coming alongside you to encourage you right there where you're at today. I remember me and my wife, we went through a lot of struggles and challenges, you know. I remember even when we were down there at Ramah, you know, we're trusting the Lord, you know, all the time. And one of the biggest things I'll never forget, you know, that really ministered to me is he knew what song kind of ministered to me. 
You know, it's amazing to me. This song would come to me in different ways and different people singing it, <laughs> you know. And it was to me and my wife, and we knew it was the Lord every time this song came to us. It was just amazing because it always came at the right time, you know. I don't know if you've heard that song, but it's, it's he says, he'll do it again. You know, just take a look now where you where you were and where you are now, where you're where you've been. He'll do it again. Powerful song. Check it out on the internet if you can. There, let somebody play and sing that to you. There, he'll do it again. You know, and it would come on right in the middle of a, a circumstance that we were challenged with. You know, and we'd hear that song. We're like, oh yeah, we're gonna come through this. <laughs> you know, he's gonna bring us through this circumstance. No problem. You know. It's interesting, you know, because he, he'll do it again. He, he'll he's remind us he's going to do it again. We'd be up our backs against the wall again, you know, later, maybe a few years, maybe a year after that, you know, and he'd come along and I'd hear this person singing and my wife would hear it too. And they'd be singing it beautifully. You know, he'll do it again. Just take a look at where you were and where you've been. Powerful song, you know, as not he always come through as part of the song, you know, and it would always remind us he's going to do it again. Make the circumstance change and be better. You know, he comes alongside you to bring hope. You know, I don't know how many times I've heard that song and it, can, and it just come my pathway and he brings hope, you know, and that's one of the ways he does it, you know, and he knows that that ministers to me, you know. It's interesting, though, when you think about that. He's always bringing hope. He's a God of hope. And he wants to make sure that you have hope in your circumstances. Maybe today you flip this on and you are feeling pretty hopeless, you know. Think about this today. He's bringing you hope today. He, he has a hope for you and he, wants, he, he has an expected outcome for you. He brings you hope right there where you're at. So it's important that we protect our thoughts on our, and keep our mind on, our, on his word, our Savior, and his hope for our lives, praise the Lord. We were just talking about this, Jeremiah 29, 11. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Version. It says, For I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. Did you know he has plans and thoughts for you? You're not just actually on this earth for no reason. You're not supposed to be just taking up space. You're not supposed to be just someone there that is just breathing for no reason. You're here that God has you for, he has plans and purposes you came literally from heaven. He breathed you into your body, your spirit. The real you is a spirit. And he created you. He created you here for a reason. And so it's important that you realize you're here for a reason. He has a plan and a purpose for you. And he has a hope for you. Notice what he says, For I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, plans of peace and of well-being, not for disaster, well, this is what the Amplified says, to give you a future and a hope. So he's bringing hope, bringing hope to Jeremiah here, wasn't he? You know, at the very beginning of Jeremiah, the first chapter, it's interesting because he, he says, I know the hairs on your head. You're precious to him. But he, he, he was bringing hope to Jeremiah. I know, I've been watching you, boy. I know how many hairs are on your head. You're important to me, son. I made you for a purpose. I got things that I want you to do. You're, you're not just someone that's supposed to be just sitting off on the sidelines. I have a purpose for you. I got things I want you to do. And I have a hope and a future for you. You know, you need to think better than just getting up and just going to work and feeling like you have no value. No, I have a purpose and a plan for you. You're going to leave a mark on this earth. And we have the book of Jeremiah, do we not? Left a purpose and a mark. You know, and God used this, uses this book to bring hope to people like this verse right here. It says to give you a future and a hope today. Maybe you're feeling hopeless today. Maybe you had some circumstances make you feel that way. No, he, he gave, he's giving you hope right now. He, he wants you to fulfill that purpose that he has for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 in the message says it like this. This is God's word on the subject. As soon as Babylon 70 years are up and not a day before, I'll show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know that I what I'm doing, I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hoped for. <laughs> Isn't that good to think about? Do you know he's not a respecter of persons? You know, if he if he says he'll, he'll give somebody a, a future that they hope for, he, he's going to give you the future that you're hoping for. 
You know, he's going to make sure it comes to pass in your life. You know, he has desires for you. He has plans for you. Don't you give up on the good things of God. Don't you give up on what he's, he's told you is going to come to pass. No, he's, he's got a future and a hope. And I like how it says it there, a future you hoped for. You know, he puts that hope within you. You aren't just hope, having hope by accident. No, he, he put that hope in you to make sure that you have fulfill that hope he put inside of you, right? He, he puts desires inside of you. And the, and the things you hope for come out of those desires. Think about that today, you know. He wants to make sure that you have the future that you're hoping for today. That, that, that's part of the plan of God. The direction, you know, the things that you're hoping for, those, those are part of God's plans. And they're, they're all in that pathway of where he wants you to go to affect people and be a blessing to people. You know, it's important that you're reaching out for the plan that he, he's hoping that you'll have, praise the Lord. So God always brings hope to all situations, doesn't he? You know, maybe today, you know, somebody's making a pit stop in there and, and they come in, they add hope to your day, praise the Lord. We were just the other day somewhere, and I'll never forget a person just speaking to us about the, uh, speaking to my wife particularly about some things and bringing hope, just encouragement to her, you know, just right there in the middle of the store, you know. Think about that today. Just walked up to us, you know, the kid was being obedient and just came and gave, said some things, you know, and some private things, but powerful to think about, though, you know, he was obedient right there in the store. Are you being obedient and bringing hope to other people? You know, we're supposed to be the most hopeful people in the world. I was talking to you about that. Are you bringing hope to other people and encouraging other people? You don't know what some people are facing today, and they really could use that hope that God's put inside you. Maybe you're full of hope. Well, you know, go give some hope to someone else because there's a lot of people today that need that hope that God's given to you. You know, don't be don't be sitting there keeping it all to yourself. Go be a blessing and give some hope to someone else. Praise the Lord. Genesis 15, the first chapter. Let's look at this real quick here. Genesis 15, talking about Abraham. I love talking about Abraham. Praise the Lord. And I'll talk about him a lot. Abraham, the first chapter, the 15th chapter in the first verse and it says and after this the word of the lord came to abraham in a vision do not be afraid abraham i am your shield and your very great reward so apparently abraham was scared <laughs> you know he said abraham don't be scared i'm your shield and i'm your great reward think about that today he brought hope to abraham didn't he abraham was fearful he was scared about his future apparently or scared about some things that were going on. But God said, I am your shield and I'm your great reward. You don't have to be afraid, Abraham. I got I got it all covered for you. You're going to have a good future. The second verse says, and Abraham said, Sovereign God, what can you give me since I am I am remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Elzer of Damascus? And Abraham said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be the, my heir. And the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up into the sky. He, and he said, count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Think about that today. He was building hope into him. He says, look up into the sky. I was, I was talking to my wife the other day, and she was talking about the things that are made. And, and she was talking about how it's amazing how people could not believe that there's a God when you just look at the stuff that's made, you know. And, Abraham, and he was doing this with Abraham. He's like, look how big I am. Look at the stars in the universe. Those are the things I've created, Abraham. Take a look at that. You know, and he's, he's like, look at all this stuff that I created, you know. You think it's any problem for me, and I've created man to make sure you have a baby? You think it's a challenge for me <laughs> anyway? No. I don't think anything that you can bring to God would be a challenge. Do you think it would be a challenge to him? I don't think he would look at it and go, oh, man, I don't know about this one. I'm not sure about this situation. No, he, he'd say, no, I, no problem. Be it unto me. That's what you should say. Be it unto me, Lord. But he, he, it's not a challenge for him when he looks at circumstances. He doesn't look at it like, hey, there's no way it can be done. He, he says, he, the scripture says, Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. Think about that today. There's nothing you can limit him to. He can fix things. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be your way. 
it may, you'll never maybe probably even think it out how he'll do it. And he, if you think you think you can do it a certain way, he may do it a totally different way just because he's God and he wants to show you how good he is. And it's important that we focus on him, you know, and let him do his part and we do our part, praise the Lord. He's a God of hope, though, and he's bringing Abraham hope in the circumstances. He's getting him to look beyond his circumstances and to look at the stars of heaven. He's wanting him to look beyond where he's at and look at what he can do in the circumstances, you know. It's important that we, we're able to see beyond where we're at today and see beyond the circumstances so that God can get, make you go forward in a circumstance. You know, it's amazing how people can get stuck in a rut and not see beyond where they need to go, you know. And they, oh, they got, they've been beat down for so long that they're not seeing the hope that they need to have in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Joshua. We talked about Joshua, but let's look at it today. Joshua, the first chapter, the first verse. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, and, and the Lord said to Joshua, and son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, now I'm reading the NIV, by the way, for these. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river of Euphrates, all the Hittite country, and all the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to an inheritance, inherit the land I swore to the ancestors to give them. Notice what he says in the seventh verse. He says, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my, my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate in it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Notice what he says there. He says, do not be discouraged. You know, people get discouraged today if they're not careful. And in war, people get discouraged. You know, they may have lost somebody on the left and lost somebody on the right. Can you imagine in war how that mentally gets to you. You don't see as many men and, you know, you, you're in war, you know, and you have to keep mentally strong. Like I said, this is why so many people may go AWOL. is because they're looking at their circumstances and they're not focused on the right things. It's important to be focused on the right things. That you're going to win this battle. That you always triumph through Christ Jesus in every circumstance. You say, well, you said that before. Well, I'm reiterating it. You need to remember you're the victor through Christ Jesus in every circumstance. It may not look like it. It may not feel like it. But, you know, God always comes through. He's faithful, and he will make sure that you come through in the circumstance that you're going through. I have not commanded you to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Notice he's bringing hope here to Joshua in his circumstances. And he, he'll come alongside you and bring hope to you in your circumstances if you'll let him do that. Praise the Lord. You know, I was thinking about this, and I was going down the road, and the Lord was reminding me about a, a sport we have in America. We were talking earlier a little bit about it, about football. And it's interesting, you know. Football here in America is very interesting. They have two halves, right? And then, of course, they have a halftime in the middle. And it's interesting, you know, you, they, they play, you know, and they go against each other, the two teams trying to score points, you know, to get each, a touchdown on each side. They get about six points, and they kick a field goal, get another point there, you know. You in America, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some people are from different countries. That's why I'm kind of explaining it a little bit. But, you know, they, the, uh, the first half, they go against each other, so you can get the most points. You know, they're going back and forth, and it's a very physical sport, you know. They're running into each other, throwing the ball, trying to get it down there. You know, and it's a, quite a lot of distance. They had to be very athletic to play the sport, you know. And it's, it's interesting, you know, because they're, they're putting their heart and soul into this thing. They're fighting, going back and forth, you know, trying to score as many points as they can, trying to win so many games so they get to the championship, of course, you know. 
But think about this today. You know, they're going back and forth. And a lot of times, and I've seen a lot of games, you know, I used to watch a whole lot more football than I do now. But I've seen some great games, you know, amazing games. Where, you know, the uh, the first half, some people get down a lot of points. I mean, a lot of points. I've seen good teams get down a whole lot of points, you know. And you think, man, how are they going to come back, you know. Well, and then they, you'll see on the camera the coaches going off to the side. They're like, what's going on with your team? And why are they down so many points, you know? And then you would think, you know, these these teams would be in the locker room so down, you know. It's like, man, I didn't perform well today. I've had lots of challenges today. I don't know how, how I'm going to perform, you know, in the second half. If I'm going at this rate, the second half is going to be horrible, <laughs> you know. And But you hear the coach when he comes off the side, you know, he says, well, we're going to have to make some adjustments. We're going to have to make some changes, you know, and he's going to have to go in there and talk to these people that have not been successful and they haven't been doing good, you know, but he's been watching what's going on, you know, seeing what's going on. You know, God's watching what's going on and your circumstances and what you're facing today. You know, he sees where you haven't, you know, been doing the best that you feel like you can do. And he sees the plans that you've been doing, you know, but sometimes he'll come in at halftime and make some adjustments, you know, or, Right in the middle of your life, he'll come right where you're at. And he's like, let's make a few adjustments so that we can be successful, you know. But his job, the coach, when he goes in there in that locker room, is to build hope in the team, isn't it? You know, they've already been performing. They've had challenges maybe, you know. And and he's got. And he also sometimes they may have done really well, and he's got to keep their hope up. So the second half, they keep performing the way they did the first half, you know. But it's it's interesting, though, because he has to build hope into them. And a good coach, they're really good at that. This is one of the most – you don't want a coach that's not fiery, <laughs> you know. You don't want a coach that comes in there and goes, well, we this is what we did and this is how we did things. No, you want somebody a little fire and say, hey, what, what what's going on here? What's happening here? What, what, what are you doing over there? You know, are, are you going to cover that guy over here, you know, and – Hey, we can do this, you know. You know, if you watch Notre Dame, they hit this thing on the top of their uh, locker room as they go out, you know, talking about – I'm trying to remember what it says there, but it has to do with performance, as I remember. They slap something, you know, and but they don't give up, you know. And it's important that he, he builds that hope within the inside of them, you know. Hey, we can do this. You're only down this much. Oh, that's nothing. You know, look who we are. <laughs> we, we, we're, we can outperform them. We have – way better everything we have way better players we've been training for this you know and then they come back out i've seen teams down with so many points they'll come back after a good encouragement session a good talk pep talk from the coach you know come out and they'll come way and they'll come back out and score many touchdowns never quit and win the game Think about this today you know in your life you know sometimes god's going to come along he's going to send somebody to encourage you he'll speak to your spirit right there where you're at today and encourage you right there. Say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did I not send my son to die for you? Did I not make sure that you're going to win with no problem? Didn't he shed his blood to make sure that you can be a champion in this circumstance, right? And he'll encourage you, hey, you're you're going to have victory after victory. Hey, I've got a good plan for you. Remember what he said there, a future and a hope that he has for you, stirring that hope up for you. Hey, you don't think I can fix this more than a million ways? You don't think that I have a good life for you? John 10, 10 says, I came to give you life. One version says, better than you ever dreamed of. Then you say, well, Jeremiah, how can you say that? Well, you don't go by what some other Christian tells you or the look on their face. You go by what the word says, right? He said he came to give you life better than you ever dreamed of, you know, and that may not be what I have. You know, my life is wonderful. I enjoy. I'm very thankful for what I do have. It may not be what such and such has, but a life that you enjoy. Think about that today. You know, all of us enjoy a different kind of life, but it has to do with what you enjoy. Praise the Lord, you know, and let him do that in you. Jesus paid the price for you to have that. And you have to be willing to accept it and to keep hope for it every day, getting up hope. Another version of hope, if you look at the Greek, has to do with expectation. You have to be expecting it. You know, when you lose that expectation that you're going to come through, an expectation he's going to take care of you and make sure that things come to pass in your life, when you lose that expectation, 
you're in trouble. You know, you've got to build that expectation back up. You know, you get around his presence, get into a good service, listen to a good message like you're listening to today. But that expectation makes you look for him every day to move for you. And that hope looking every day for him to move in your circumstance to make it better for you and to make things better for your life. When Jesus came into your heart, he made things better for you, right? You have a relationship with a God that you can talk to, you know, a God that will heal you, a God that will help you in your circumstances. If you let him help you in every circumstance that you're facing today, well, they would come out and, like I said, they would win in the halftime. I never forget this one game in particular, you know, and you say, well, Jeremiah, you're still talking about that. I never forget this one particular game, and uh, I was watching, and I mean, the other team was, they were notably the best team, you know, and they were, you know, they got to the end and they really, this, this team had been fighting all this game and they needed a touchdown. And I mean, just this, this, this quarterback run it right in the end zone himself, dodged everybody and made it happen himself. He could have got hurt and, but he got into the end zone and won the game. Think about that today. You know, you have to be a person who doesn't quit, doesn't cave in. They're willing to fight. You know, he's willing to fight. He didn't just want everybody else making it happen. He was willing to make it happen too, you know. And you have to work together so you can fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. Praise the Lord. No, you, you, remember, you can never do it without people, right? People help us in every circumstance. You, you can't be an island to yourself. You have to have people. And it's important that we're working with people so God can fulfill what he wants to do with us, but he brings hope. And like I said here, he brings hope to, he brought hope to Joshua in this circumstance there. Moses had passed away, saw some great miracles with Moses. Moses, man, God used him in a mighty way, didn't he? Open the Red Sea. Think about that today. Man, wouldn't, wouldn't, you be, wouldn't it be tough to be a preacher following that and following this guy? <laughs> you know, minister following this guy, you know, and miracles raining from heaven, you know, and he comes to Joshua and says, well, Moses is dead and I'm going to use you, you know. Man, think about that today. I would be nervous a little. I don't know about you falling after Moses, but he says, I'm going to be with you and I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's giving him hope. I'm going to give you, use you to create an even better future. Praise the Lord. Think about that today. You know, and there's a lot of people that have passed away for generations of ministers, well-known ministers have done some great things, but now they're passing it on to a new generation here, and God wants you to have some hope. He wants you to do some big things for him and minister to people around the world. I don't know who's listening today, you know, but he wants to use you, praise the Lord, so you can reach the people that you can reach, you know. Maybe you may minister to hundreds, or maybe you'll minister to thousands, maybe millions, but it's important that you do what God can do on every capacity and every level so that he can reach the people he needs to reach and minister to people. You know, maybe you're not even called to ministry, maybe business, or maybe you have a gift or talent, but ministering on the level God gives you so you can minister to the people you need to minister to. We're all called to love people and minister. And so it's important that we're doing what God leads us to do. Praise the Lord. So he gave hope to Joshua there. And he's giving hope to us today, praise the Lord. Christians, like I said, should be the most hopeful people in the world. Let's look at Romans, the fourth chapter here. Looking at Abraham a little bit again, the 17th verses. As is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. He is the father in the sight of God in whom he believe, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into those things that were be not as though they were. Think about this today, though, you know. If you want to have life to the dead in your circumstances, you got to call some things. You know, even when you got saved, you had to call some things. And it's important, you know, that you're calling some things. Abraham, when he was a little bit off and he was a little bit having some struggles, and we're going to look here a little bit at Abraham, you know, he was having some struggles. God had to come change his words. He had to come talk to him, change his name. He, he called him Abraham, father of many nations, where he was Abram before. Think about that today, you know. He he wanted him to have the, the right things being said in his circumstances, you know, because people get negative. When they don't see their dream coming to pass or a circumstance change, sometimes they, they let their words slip and they stop having the right confession about them, you know. And it's and he in Abraham's situation, he wanted this to come to pass, so he just changes Abraham's name. And, you know, when people come around to him, they were saying, you know, because his name Abraham, that father of many nations, when people come around him, they were saying, hey, father of many nations, it is being spoken all the time. Father of many nations, he had 300 servants. 
And they would come say, Father, many nations changing his circumstances for him. And Abraham all hope, against, against all hope, Abraham in God believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offerings, your offspring be. So what brought hope to him? Well, words, right? People calling him father of many nations, speaking some words. You know, coffee confessions is great that we have, you know, because you're speaking some words, building hope on the inside of you. And it's not just our words they are based on the word of God, you know, and they're building hope on the inside of you. Praise the Lord. Notice Abraham, had, for his dream to come to pass, he had to keep hope within him. God could bring him hope and bring him hope when he spoke to him. And he, and he did that with Abraham many times. He would come alongside to bring hope to Abraham along his journey, you know. Abraham, you know, he's believing for a son, and, you know, and he, he got off, you know, in different circumstances. But, you know, God kept coming along, bringing hope to him, you know. And whatever it is that you're having challenges with, God will keep coming along and bringing hope to you and stirring up that hope, you know. So you're having that helmet of salvation on your head, that hope of Christ, on your head, you know, so that you can come through the circumstances. Like I said, he sent me here today, so you'll have some hope today. Hope in the circumstances you're facing today, that you're going to you're gonna come through and things are going to be all right. And God's got a good future and a good hope for you, praise the Lord. Genesis, the 17th and the 15th verse, it says, And God also said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, and you are no longer to call her Sarah, he named, her, he named her Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her name. I will bless her so that she shall be the mother of the nations, kings of peoples, uh, will come to, from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will I so, uh, will his son be born of a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you think about in circumstances, people get to the place where they're now they're laughing about it. You know, they think this is impossible, God, to fix. I've seen this every day I get up, every time I go to bed, every day I get up, every time I go to bed. After a while, you've got you've lost so much hope in it that you don't you don't see change in any way with your physical eyes. So you just you, now they're laughing. This is a joke. There's no way this is going to come to pass, you know. But God still comes by and brings hope in his circumstances, still comes by to encourage you, still comes by to build your faith. And listen to what he says here to Abraham. He says, and Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under our, your blessing. You know, he's totally focused on the wrong things. And God said, yes, but your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son. Building his confidence, building his faith giving him some hope. He said he will bear a son, and you will call him Isaac. <laughs> he said, you're going to have a son, and you will call him Isaac. Think about that today. Building hope within him, coming alongside of him, and building hope in his circumstances. Man, I don't know about you, but I've had it so many times, him come alongside me to encourage me, to help me keep going and make sure I've got hope, and make sure I keep that helmet of hope on me. You know, because he knows, you know, that you're in a fight every day and you're going through challenges and you're trying to get you're trying to get forward to accomplish the things that he's called you to do. And he, he'll come alongside and build hope on the inside of you. Somebody will encourage you, you know, because the Lord's led him to do that. He'll send a word in your pathway and just encourage you, you know, give you ideas that are exciting. They may not be exciting to everybody else, but they're exciting to you because he put them on the inside of you. Think about that today, you know. Because he builds hope within people, you know. We need to have that, that helmet of hope on at all times. And that only comes from spending time with God and his word and his presence, you know. And he did that with Abraham. And he would came and made sure that he had hope in all the circumstances that he was facing. He came and encouraged him and made sure that he knew that he was going to fulfill what God had for his life. Are you having today challenges with hope? Are you a person that's been down on hope today because of the circumstances of life, you know? It's important to keep that helmet on, right? Like I said, lots of people have not protected their mind, and they haven't kept themselves encouraged and full of hope in their circumstances. It's important that you keep that courage 
and keep yourself protected with your in, in your in your mind on a daily basis you know that way you can stay in the game and so you can fulfill what god has you to do and it's important that you make sure you're putting that hope of salvation, hope of your Savior on every day. He's a hopeful Savior. He has a hopeful future for you. He has a hopeful future for everybody to go to heaven. He has a hopeful future for us to be raptured. Man, we have a wonderful, blessed future in front of us, you know. But not just that. He has, on a daily basis, he wants good things for you. He's talking to you daily to get good things for you on a daily basis, you know, leading you guiding you to even just have a wonderful day you know he wants you to have this i believe this could be the best week you ever had this week do you believe that i believe it could be the best week you could possibly dream of if you just let him keep that hope inside of you and excitement that you should be looking for him to do something wonderful this week praise the lord he wants to do something wonderful for you so let's pray father we just thank you father for your goodness we thank you father for your mercy Father, if there's somebody today that hasn't had hope, Father, help them to be encouraged today. Stir up that hope within them today, Father, and help them to fulfill the purpose and call that you have for their lives, Father, and help them to be encouraged in their Savior, Jesus Christ, today we pray. And we just thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. And if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus, Father, minister to them right now, Father. Help them to be encouraged and help them to come to you today. And we just ask for it in Jesus' name. Give them boldness and strength to do it, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you don't know Jesus, all you have to do is pray this prayer with me. I was, I was watching earlier today. I don't know if you've seen that movie, The Jesus Revolution, the people going out, getting baptized, and getting saved. You know, we were watching some things with that. And, you know, you think about today, you know, there is a revolution going on. People are choosing sides. And what side are you on today? Do you want to be in Jesus' side where you have a hope and a future? Or you want to get up and be without God in this world? You, Jesus is the only way to God. The Bible talks about that without a covenant, you're, you're without God in this world. What is a covenant? Well, without having Jesus in your life, you're without God in this world. It talks about that in Ephesians. And if you want him in your life and him to come along and encourage you today, just pray this prayer so he can help you with your everyday things that you're doing today and have to fulfill the dreams, the goals, have a life not on just your own. He never leaves you, forsakes you. Pray this prayer with me today. Praise the Lord. That'll be the best thing you ever did with your life. Father, I believe that you've risen Jesus from the dead. And Father, I confess Jesus as Lord of my life right now. Jesus, come be Lord of my life right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I believe he's, he's touched you right there. And I think, I think that you're going to enjoy this rest of this walk that you have with him. Praise the Lord. It's exciting to come to Christ. It's a wonderful walk to live by faith in Jesus and I believe he's done a new thing in you today. Praise the Lord. So uh, if you did uh, accept Jesus into your life, email me at Jeremiah S. Ministries so I can hear about it. I'd love to hear about me. She'll love to see your testimonies. Uh, let us know in the comments. We'll check those here in just a moment. We love you. God bless you. And I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. God bless you. If you'd like to contact us for prayer, praise reports, or offerings, go to jeremiahsmithministries.podbean.com. Thank you for listening.